Hello you. Welcome to another episode of Actors Making It, the podcast where I talk to actors about their journey to making it in whatever way making it means to them. This week's guest needs no introduction. Charlie Brooks has been a mainstay of British soap opera EastEnders for over 20 years as the unforgettable Janine Butcher. And fortunately, Janine is a character that Charlie has had the good fortune to revisit a number of times over the years. Now, I think when it comes to thinking about actors that have just been in the industry for such a long time, it's really easy to assume that they're not experiencing the same kind of insecurities that we are as we're hustling to get our first big break. And Charlie really is a great example of someone who has been experiencing all the same sort of thoughts that we do. And whilst landing her first big break in her teens on EastEnders, in this episode, we discuss Charlie's insecurities around her own craft and how turning 40 has changed her thinking. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Actors Making It. Yay! Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Danny. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm blown away that you would uh, be happy to be a guest. Um, So I'm so super excited to learn more about you and your acting journey over the last... um, I was looking, like, I mean, was EastEnders the first thing you kind of started on? It's... It wasn't the first thing I started on, but it was the first kind of break that I had as an actress, I think, yeah. many years ago. It's, it's been, <laughs> been a few years, yeah. We're about, this, we're about the same age, so it's a, it's a, it's a decent amount of time to be, to be going. So, it, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. excited. Something we can get away with. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's probably a, a good place to start, obviously. Um, I mean, you know, IMDb and, and whatnot says uh, EastEnders from 1999. You've just said that you'd, you did some stuff before that. Yeah. Um, so that put you kind of mid to late teens. What was it? Wh- why acting? Why did you want to move into this kind of space? Right back to the beginning. Do you want to hear the story? Yes. <laughs> got you in what 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 was the you know yeah. it's not an, it's it's not an easy it's not an easy industry like what what was the um the, what gave you the passion to move into this industry it's not an easy industry and i was from a really small town in north wales which made everything seem almost even even more impossible um but like so many writers and directors and actors that i speak to the thing that first got me in was pantomime so the good old British okay. tradition <laughs> was my first ever theatre experience. You know, in my local theatre, the Dragon Theatre in North Wales, I went and saw my first pantomime and was kind of mesmerised by the stage, even in, in, in the tiny little space that it was. And so then I did the school nativity plays and, you know, got involved with a local drama group where one of the drama teachers took a, a real interest in me and kind of gave me one of the lead parts in Willie Russell's Our Day Out. And that was aged around... 10 or 11, I think. And I fell in love with this character that I was playing. And we had this scene where she's on the edge of a cliff and she's singing her little heart out. You know, I want more. And, and, and you know, why can't it always be this way? Surrounded by the trees and her dreams of freedom. And I, I, I don't know, something really res- resonated with me about, you know, following your dreams. And I think there was a kind of terrifying ease and bliss that I felt on stage because it is both of those things at the same time and um and I just knew that there was absolutely no other option so I then proceeded to hound my parents for two years 
letters on their bed at night. I want to go to drama school. Now, London's a five and a half hour journey from this very small town in North Wales. And so I had, you know, a fight on my hands and I was very young. And uh, people thought it was just a phase. And my aunties and uncles would be like, you know, when my mum and dad considered it, but what is she going to do? What is, what is the dream? Like, as if she's going to be on the TV. Um, and, and so uh, they supported me. You know, that's the first thing I have to say is I had really supportive parents. I felt very, I, and I still feel so grateful and so blessed. Um, we drove to London and we looked at some drama schools because I'd rung, got in the yellow pages, which is like a directory of phone numbers, this fact, got the phone numbers of <laughs> Sylvia Young Theatre School and Ravensport Theatre School, which was formerly known as Corona and some others. And, and we came with my little brother, who was very cute, and drove to London and auditioned for these schools. Um, which was amazing, wow. you know, and I knew I, I was starting to act out a little bit and, you know, I was sort of seeing ghosts and I don't know, there was a lot of, I felt like there was a lot of drama around, you know, my childhood. And it's only now that I kind of am doing a bit of work looking back at childhood stuff. I realised my desperate need to kind of be more fulfilled somehow and, and how determined I was actually to make that happen. Um, my brother came along for the ride, like I said, and he was very cute. And uh, so they said, yes, she can come. That's fine. But we're really interested in the boy. <laughs> can, uh, can we, uh, we'd like to offer him a scholarship. <laughs> so I was like, Rrr. so my brother also came. We boarded with a family in London. My brother got all of the work. He was a child star. He was in really well-known children TV shows. And I sort of sat in the background. And there's this lovely story where um, I went home one weekend and it was a five-hour drive. So... My, I was, my mum had had a call from the agent. I was 13 at the time or 14 that had nothing. And my brother had had loads. And my agent had asked, my agent at 14 had asked my mum to bring me back to London to be the fairy on top of a Christmas tree for an advert. So it wasn't acting really, it was for modeling. And she'd rang my dad and they'd said, look, it's just too far. You can't do it. You know, my dad came home from work from the building site that night. My mum said, you better go and see your little girl. And I was in the bedroom. <laughs> want to have a chance and my dad said if I've got to carry you to London on my shoulders I'm gonna get you there to be the fairy on top of that Christmas tree it makes me cry and I was so that was that was my first ever kind of <laughs> my first ever job and then I did a job that's so sweet yeah and just like you know just so so amazing such amazing parents like really fantastic um and actually we boarded with a family for a year it's very young to Sorry. Yeah, really young. There's a bit of delay in this. Uh, in, in this. Because <laughs> I'm the other side um, well. So you obviously... I know. <laughs> the, the beauty of technology. It's great until it, until it isn't. Mm. <laughs> um, so you obviously you started quite quite young. Was there... Was there, with your brother kind of getting all of that um, kind of attention quite early, was that hard for you to deal with at that point in your life? I think in my head, I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. I was really supportive. But there were definitely, because I can't really remember much about my childhood, I have to say, sort of bits and sure. jobs, but there would definitely have been part of me that was slightly resentful because it was my dream, you know, it was my big dream. And actually, slowly but surely, I started to get some work. Then I got a children's series called Out of Tune and 
um, the first thing I, uh, I was asked to do was a children's series called The Demon Headmaster, and I was like one of six demons. Got the script through, was really excited. Where's my part, demon number four? You know, whatever it was. Reading through, reading through, and, and I didn't have any lines, so that was another disappointment. <laughs> Um, but then like, <laughs> my brother sort of got a bit older and he got a bit sort of that difficult age, not quite a boy, not a man. Um, I started to really get a lot of jobs. I was doing a, there was a show, massive show here called London's Burning and The Bill and um, uh, a bold commercial, which saw me through college, which was amazing. So I did a year at Arts Educational College where I was studying A-levels and then and then at 17, auditioned for EastEnders, which was the game changer, you know, and, um, and and got the part of this of this character, Janine, which has played a massive role in my life, you know, and even to this day, it's been something that I revisit and go back to, and, you know, the door's been left open for me. So that's been fantastic. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So you're not, because um, I think I lived in, I'm, I lived in Manchester for, um, eight years and you know would watch the omnibus every weekend because that was just what i <laughs> what i did yes um and i always remember your character being there so you're not full-time eastenders anymore so i was well i've kind of always gone in and out i did five years and then i left and had a baby and my intention was to do a lot of theater because i always had an insecurity that i'd never gone to a proper drama school my dream was guildhall or rod or bristol old vic or juilliards in new york you know i had these grand kind of dreams about going to drama school at 18 and and my path took a very different route a brilliant one equally as valid because you know I went straight into work but what that meant was that I have carried around that insecurity that I'm just sort of addressing now really late into my third uh, oh my god I'm 40 past my 30s <laughs> in my 40th year a lot is happening in my 40th year Danny so it's all good um 40s are, are where it's at for me um so <laughs> well they have to be well they do they do but actually it's quite incredible like the wisdom that you have and that you can actually start putting into practice without fear you know that that's something i'm really experiencing at the moment but well we can get further into that what does that oh, okay sure no 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 i was gonna be like no, what does that mean let's that? do it go on what was you gonna ask well, yeah. What does that um, What does that mean exactly? Being able to what, what was it? What was the phrase you just used? Um, Be able to uh, live without fear. No, did I say live without fear? I yeah, that sounds quite it dramatic. Sounds like that, yeah. Um, I suppose what I mean is trying to give myself a choice in my career and and trying to make stuff happen and be unafraid of judgment around that because okay, um, you know. Through with the insecurity that came from not going to drama school, sometimes as part of me, I think, um, as a woman that wants to stay small, doesn't feel good enough, don't step out of the box, do as you're told. And actually, now at forty, I'm out of the box and I'm ready to roar and I want to make shit happen in a in a in a fantastic way. And you know, being able to really relate to my own story and offer that out to the world somehow, whether that's through characters I play or some writers that I'm working alongside to actually start trying to make things happen and, and give myself a choice in my career. So I'm just not at everybody's disposal all of the time. And, you know, as actors, we hear a, a million no's 
and we are, you know, puppets. People pick us up and put us down whether you, yes, we want you now, now we don't want you. And that's tough. And so, you know, trying to carve out a way to give myself a choice in in my own career and okay. voice um, is sort of what I'm, yeah, I, I'm trying to do at the moment. I think, um, I think that's really important for so many people to be able to get to that point, to feel like that their voice is valued and valid, especially when it comes to your own kind of life and your own career. Like, it's such a crazy industry that we have to live by what other people want and, and we can want something with all our heart, but we're, we're so restricted by other people's decisions and wants and needs mm-hmm. and what they where they may see us and, and pigeonhole us. Um, I'd like to, I guess, kind of delve into that a little mm-hmm. bit further of, of, I guess, first of all, the, the, in your, you said about the insecurity of not having gone to and done formal training. Um, where did that insecurity come from? I don't know. I think maybe from a snobbery of having done soap that I feel can be quite present. <laughs> um, and okay. not- snobbery you put on yourself or snobbery from, from the industry? No, not from me, because I think that doing soap, if you can do that, you can do absolutely anything that the world has to offer within yeah. the acting industry. It's fast-paced. You have to be able to emotion, access emotion very quickly. You know, the hours are lengthy. The ability to stay on top of storylines and character choices and acting, you know, and making decisions quickly. I think it's the best training ground you could really ever have. So I certainly don't have a snobbery towards it, but other people within the industry do. And so um, I think maybe that and the insecurity from getting a lot of no's, not being seen for things that I'd really want to have been seen for. Um, my intention coming out my, after my first stint with these standards was theatre, you know, so I felt like that could be a really another great training ground for me, having not done my three years where I can work with directors and get on a stage and, you know, it's the opposite to what EastEnders is. You have time to dig into your character and rehearse and, and all those beautiful, magical things. Can you hear me still? Yeah, yeah I can hear you perfectly. Oh, I just lost the camera, that's all. So that's fine. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. That will happen. It will pick up the um, it'll pick up the camera on your side and it will pick up the camera on my side. And, it'll, and all it'll those magical things that happen and come alive in a, in a rehearsal space that you often don't have time for, you know. So that was my intention coming out first time as well as having, well, it wasn't my intention to have a baby, but I had a baby and that was amazing. <laughs> so um, <laughs> my life was quite busy with those two things for a while there. So I think, um, okay. yeah, so the insecurity, it just came from feeling like I, I never know enough. I didn't know enough. I should know more. I should know a technique. And I've spoken to so many people around this and people that have been to drama school and, like, I've tried to unlearn everything I learned because I feel like I've lost something that I had before I went in. Other people who found, you know, their experience was it absolutely gave them a structure. Um, so they weren't sort of flailing in the wind and not known so that it wasn't like, you know, <clears throat> let's do this scene and hope for the best. You know, it's kind of like yeah. knew where it was going to land and how it was going to go. That's kind of how I Am Pro has come about for me through that. It's like creating somewhere where I can go and learn all the things I feel that maybe I missed out on. And also 
a good space because I think no matter how much you've worked as an actor, it's still good to constantly do the work, you know, to stay on top of it. Yeah, no, and um and and to meet like minded people, you know, and 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 practice. <laughs> Have a practice of stuff. Yes. Well, it's a, it's like a gym, right? So yeah, you stop going to the gym, the muscles will go away, yeah, or the, the fat will pile on. And it's a similar. I think also, you know, we can get lazy as well. We can get lazy. Um. So that's, yes, hundred percent. That I have to really stay. On Definitely. <laughs> um, I was just going to ask if you, I guess, go back. Obviously, you've talked about the insecurity of um, not having gone to formal study, yeah. which is, um, which I think is, uh, I guess, a natural thing to think, uh, especially like in Australia, for example, I think there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of snobbery around people potentially that haven't gone to a professional drama school as well. Right. Um, so that's, I can definitely understand and empathize with that, um, thought process with, um, those feelings that you had of like, well, you were getting a lot of no's and whatnot. Did you have a particular way that you um, kind of dealt with that emotionally um, in those times? Um, I don't think I really addressed them, if I'm honest. I think there was a lot of okay. kind of pushing it down and just cracking on and, you know, keep auditioning, keep... Um, keep your head down, keep um, moving forward, really. Um, meditation mm -hmm. has come into my life, but later on, only really in the last few years. And um, so, yeah, I think, I think, I think if I was, if I knew in my twenties what I know now, and if I was, if I was kinder to myself and gave myself you know, the opportunity to really look at what was going on with me. Uh, but I loved a party and, you know, all of that stuff that goes with, it uh, sort of goes side by side, oh, no. a life in the <laughs> arts, you know. And that, um, yeah. that never took over, but it was definitely present. And I think that stopped my connection with my true authentic self and dealing with anything that was going on. Okay, cool. I think um, it's, re I guess it's a really interesting, for me, a really interesting conversation to have and really, what's the word? Um, com comforting is the wrong, I, I think is probably the wrong word, but I'm going to use it anyway um, to hear that, you know, th the feelings that we get as actors of like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm getting no's or I'm not getting auditions and I'm, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. Well, you know, when is it going to be my break? For someone that that will have been that could have been that you know a series regular on a on a soap for six years, and then taken a break from that, but then is kind of struggling with the same mm. kind of thoughts and um, emotional um, whatever's around that. Comforting is the wrong word, but I, but I guess what I'm saying is for those people listening, it's like we're always looking for the next thing, right? Like as, if I can just get a series regular role, then, I, then, then everything's going to be great and I'll, and I'll get my break and then everything is going to be fine and I won't ever have to look back and I won't ever have to work in a pub again or, or whatever. So I think it's important for people to know that you've got to always keep working and you've got to keep yourself in check um, emotionally as much as possible because 
there's there will always be kind of ebbs and flows within within the industry and within your career if you're sticking with it absolutely i mean nothing's permanent right and i think it's really important to be unafraid to share vulnerability you know around these things um and yeah and to be in touch with that and what i i'm really learning as well is not attaching to outcomes and not being validated by the work so you have to make sure that you know your life is full and you you stay connected to who you are and what you want and being human you know with family and friends and not be so validated by the work because some people i know are like when they're working they're super happy and it's like all amazing and and i can be guilty of this too yeah. and when i'm not it's like impending doom when's it all gonna be you know so I, I i'm learning not to attach to outcomes to really enjoy the process and not to suppress my creativity by thinking that there's just one thing you know there's so many you know ways to kind of express the creativity and doing i am pro has really helped me with so much of that and working on you know some of my own material i don't consider myself a writer i'll beat myself across the head because it's like you know i feel like well i'm not a writer i know that i'm not i don't have the you know the need to put pen to paper and for it all to come out but i have the need to share and to say words and to share other people's words and so i'm connecting with writers who can help bring these thoughts characters stories to life you know so there's a way of finding different outlets for your creativity um which i've 100%. never really understood before and you know and because i've thought oh i could never do that or that's not for me you know there you have to be you know this you know super extraordinary special person to do that and actually let, let's throw our hat in the ring and let's just give it a fucking shot <laughs> you know we don't have to be yeah. extraordinary we just have to be willing to be open and 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 you know and and I love now saying, I don't know how to do that, but you do. Let's collaborate. Let's do this together. You know, it's all about collaboration for me and knowing what you're good at and where your talents lie and then and then finding people around you to help support that. Yeah. I mean, we do. We kind of, it's very easy to fall into the traps of perfectionism and whether that be, you know, you know, I need to do this scene absolutely perfectly or, or um or whatever, that having those, being able to, I think being able to recognize when you're saying stuff like you just said that you were saying to yourself, I'm not good enough to do that. Like the negative self-talk and the perfectionism yeah. that we, I think as actors face um, can be really limiting to our own creativity and, and our kind of moving forward. Um, so it's, it's great to hear that you're kind of got to that point now where you're collaborating and you're creating your own content, which is which yeah. is fantastic. What? Um, you've mentioned I Am Pro a couple of times. Yes. Well, trying is better than nothing, right? I mean, yes. trying is better than sitting on the te on the on the sofa waiting for your agent to call and say, "Hey, I've got an audition for you." You're one of twenty people auditioning because we're now in self tape mode and casting directors will see a hundred people. Yeah. So, like. Trying is so much better than just sitting yeah. around waiting for it I mean, to happen, which I think we all could fall. Yeah, no, totally. But I, you know, I've I really um, sitting alongside that little twelve-year-old that managed to get my parents to let me go to drama school, and you know that determination because I feel like I'm bursting at the seams, and there's no other way. Which is, you know, 
which is great. Amazing. As you know, over the past few years, self-tapes have become the norm and there have been more and more industry professionals to cast all sorts of productions. I've personally recorded self-tapes for theatre, TV and film and commercials. And it makes life easier for casting as they can see more options. But what isn't easy for us actors is finding someone to read for us in the moment that we need them. That's where We Audition comes in. We Audition is an online video chat community where you can call someone that has marked themselves available and they will read for you for your audition. You can use We Audition to rehearse, film, or just ask questions that may help your audition. Last year, I had an actor contact me who had never drank alcohol, who just wanted to know how to play drunk. Um, you can sign up to We Audition to be a reader yourself. I log into We Audition most days and I just leave it on and people call and I accept and I help them with their auditions. So you can earn a little extra cash doing that and you can just meet some great people. I even helped one of the main cast of Morning Wars tape an audition towards the end of last year. Look, it's a great platform and if you're gonna sign up to be a reader, it basically pays for itself. So if you wanna sign up to be a reader on We Audition, you can get 25% off using the Actors Making It discount code, Making It. So just go to www.weaudition.com and use the code making it when you sign up. So yes. I am pro. You've uh, mentioned you've you've uh, mentioned it a couple of times. Yes. So l- let's talk about what what I am pro is. So obviously you're you've no. I, let me. I won't put words in your mouth. Tell me about I am pro. <laughs> so I am pro is a platform that came around before COVID hit, before the whole world went online, where I thought through my own insecurity of not having known enough or learned enough, you know, I wish there was a place where I had a whole selection, a library of on-demand videos talking about Shakespeare Made Easy or Stanislavski or or singing or voice or dialect or in, in individual Shakespeare plays where I could hear somebody talking about them or, you know, and, and, um, and so... And so that was the original idea. And of course, since then it's grown and we've been malleable and it's kind of shape-shifted slightly where we now also have live classes with some brilliant acting coaches. Um, and we have mentoring sessions with myself once a month, just so everyone, we can all hold each other accountable. I don't claim to be an expert. I'm just one actress who's had a reasonable amount of success and uh, I'm sharing my experiences with them the best I can. And uh, we have masterclasses from fantastic people. We've had Nicholas Pinnock, Max Beasley, some brilliant British actors, Tamsin Althway. We've got Angela Griffin coming up and... Um, you know, a number of different people and workshops that happen with artistic directors and um, facilitators at the National Theatre. Um, and then twice a year, we have a Get Seen event where we have a panel of directors, producers and agents and cast directors where our subscribers get a chance to um, perform in front of them a monologue. And it's really because drama schools can be elitist and they are unaffordable for many. Very, You know, there's limited spaces and and also there are people that like me are in small towns across the country who don't have access to get in the room with some of these brilliant teachers so i wanted to create somewhere where we could offer that really and and make it affordable and accessible and and give people regardless of socioeconomic background an opportunity it's about possibility and opportunity and it's about doing the work and showing up and i always say it to to our our community you know it's about taking action. It's taking action on, on your ideas, on what you want to do. It's getting to know yourself, 
on a deeper level through what we do. And so, yeah, so basically that's what I, that's what I am pro is. And it's a way, it's a way, it just brings me so much joy. I love mentoring. I love being with a group of, you know, people who are young in their careers and, and, so we have a whole different age group. We've got I am pro juniors for the little ones, which is really nice. But then we've got, you know, ages 17 at plus. We've, you know, we've got a whole uh, uh, different variety of ages on there, which is brilliant. And uh, yeah, and just trying to help other people, I think, with what is a very difficult yeah. industry. It, it is a difficult industry. Um, so it sounds super accessible is it um is it only targeted to kind of people within the united kingdom or is it kind of really beneficial globally we have we have a lovely young lady jasmine on there from sydney <laughs> so it's global we're we're, we're we're going global like you danny barton and, <laughs> yes like me try, trying to get global <laughs> uh well that's amazing um what's the i mean i'll link everything in but if anybody kind of wants to have a look at it, what's the, what's, how, how do they access just it? Is there Google an app type, or is it just yeah, online? Online. So just type in, I am pro, I am pro yet yeah, to Google www.iampro.com and it should be top of your Google search and you can just go on there and have a little reach about. We've got a scholarship page as well for people um, who can't afford it. I mean, we, we've kept it super affordable. Um, and so but some people, you know, are, are really struggling. And so we've got, we can means test people and um, offer scholarships as well. So we're really proud of that. Amazing. That's fantastic. I'll, uh, I'll link to everything, obviously, in the, uh, in the notes so that people can, can access it super easy. But it sounds, it sounds great. And it's, had, it's starting to, obviously, if you started it just before the pandemic, it's starting to get some legs in. Yeah. Um, and some of great people in the UK. I, yeah. I was going through your reviews and having some of your um, guests, like obviously Max Beasley and et cetera. So you've yeah. obviously got some great coaches or, or yeah. great um, names on there to provide some wisdom as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've, we're getting some great people on board, which is brilliant. I, um, if you've listened to the podcast, obviously you've listened to the podcast. So I've kind of mentioned a few times that I'm moving to London at the end of the year. So I was, um, quite interested in the go-see element yeah. of it, given that I'm uh, heading over in October. Fantastic. Um, so I will definitely be checking it out in more detail. Great. Yeah, well, make sure you look us up. I will. Um, so you you mentioned before when you you, you obviously have a child now and you, you took a break, part of, once you took the break to go into theatre but then ha had a child, how did... Um, did you have to think about this? I'm trying to pose this question. In, I guess in careers, a lot of people have to, re, a lot of, I mean, I can't begin to imagine what it feels like because I'm not a woman, but having to think and, and kind of carefully plan when in your career to have a, to have a child, was there, a, um, did you have to really consider that type of stuff oh. given your success with these standards and the work that you were doing? I did. Uh, I was due to do a film, which I actually still did when I was four months pregnant. Um, and I can remember having the conversation with my agent, but for me, there was really no choice. It was absolutely the right thing. This has happened to me and my body for, you know, for a reason. And, and my time is my time to have my child is now. Um, so I didn't 
think too far ahead, if I'm honest. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, I'm always quite up for change and, um, and, and to just figure things out as we go, no matter what curveballs kind of come your way. <laughs> so um, it felt absolutely right for me to have a child there. But I, you know, it's, it's if I'd have thought about it for too long, then, you know, <clears throat> changes to body, changes to life. I, I'd never, I didn't know what having a child meant. And, and, and it's been hard as well. It has been hard. I mean, it's, there are times when I've gone on tours, but I've, I've been able to manage that because I'm also, I've been unemployed a lot of the time. So, <laughs> so actually, you know, what a normal mum might do, which is you nine till six, leave the house at eight, get back at seven. Um, I, it's been a smaller birth. So I might be away for three months back every single weekend and evenings if we're touring locally or, you know, not far from home, but then I'd have seven months solidly at home where I, I don't leave her side, you know? So it's kind of, Swings and roundabouts, really. But um, I think every working mum has guilt to some extent. Um, but I, I just think everything, you know, happens for a reason. And like I said, I I didn't think about it too much and just jumped straight in. I was like, well, we're going to make this work, however, how, whichever way we can. Yeah, sure. It's, um, as, as I said, obviously I'm not a woman, so I can't begin to um, imagine or empathise how you might, the thoughts that you might have, like you mentioned, um, like what might happen to your body and, and whatnot, which, you know, there are other things that as actors, we are, that we, we really need to think about, or, yeah. which is so weird that it's, that that is stuff that we, I mean, I've got my own body image issues that I, that I consider all the time. So I can only <laughs> imagine yeah. how that would make you feel. Um, so you, you just kind of mentioned that you're unemployed a lot, which is, you know, something else that I think a lot of actors need to really can really consider. Um, how long did it take? How long of the bursts of unemployment did it take you to kind of move to the multi hyphenate of, okay, now I'm going to start collaborating and making my own stuff and I am pro and, and that kind of. Um, uh, only shift. only in t about three years ago, if I'm honest. Three years ago, were, okay. you know, so around 37, when I, I I'm really lucky because the jobs I've had financially have always seen me through the unemployment and, you know, um, yeah. and EastEnders has always kept its door open for me. So I've, this is the third time I've been back. Um, and I was blessed with the character of Janine because she's wild and fun and complex and interesting and um, super fun to play. So it's always appealing to me, you know, and I love the people there. It's a home. It's a home for me, definitely. Um, sure. Um, so, but yes, there have been big stretches of time where I've not, I've not been employed and fallen into fear and, oh my God, is anything ever going to happen? And, you know, and, and that's when I really started to do some work on myself to help me navigate and manage those situations better than I might have done had I have continued on not, not paying attention to it um and and yeah. getting creative finding other creative outlets and seeing what else i could do mm. do you mind if i ask um when you say the type of work you, you've done a lot of work on yourself can i ask what sort of work that is um just because as i say i think the the unemployment and the and the bits between jobs is is not uncommon yeah. for um for actors 
any pearls of wisdom that you have on uh, that we can give other people around that would be super helpful. I think it's just going on a bit of a spiritual journey. For me, it's been sort of okay. really getting in touch with and trusting the divine energy that's kind of working all around us, the source, God, whatever it is you want to call it. Um, and, um, and yeah, learning to deeply trust that and to know, you know, what is for us won't go by us and, and learning to really listen to my own heart and my own intuition. So just getting in touch with myself on a really intimate level, you know, like mentally kind of, discovering who I am I think I because I think we can go through life kind of living on the surface not tapping into too much you know just hoping for the best push it down push it down and and actually I've gone actually let's get deep let's get intimate let's go in and so yeah a lot of work around around that you know reading lots of books different mentors um and different podcasts just absorbing knowledge information learning i've just become very teachable and um and and staying open to everything that's around me i've basically learned to pay attention learn to pay attention to what <laughs> and follow that and follow where my heart and my gut is taking me opposed to um thinking that i can you know plan it all out properly it's just learning to listen yeah to sure and I imagine after all of that work that you've done on yourself and kind of reaching that point that all of that will also come through in your work because you will have opened up certain parts of you. Yeah, I think so, for sure. I think it it expands the mind in in ways and it's still expanding i still feel like my mind is only this far expanded <laughs> so i'm still there's always more <laughs> learning to do around everything you know um and it can be a little overwhelming and it's not an overnight job it's you know it's constant no, and not. it's remaining open and all of those things and um and um but yes it will relate to my work for sure you know because it's allowed me to really listen to what stories I want to tell and share and what I feel might be relatable and what people might relate to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Is there, um, I guess, thinking to the future, you've had, you know, a pretty successful career. Is there something that you're kind of like really itching to sink your teeth into acting wise that you, that you feel like you've not yet done? <laughs> Loads. Oh my God. I, I want to, I, you know, definitely theater again in the future. Dream part. Pardon? Dream part. What would be like the, my dream the, like part. if you could do, be like, uh, I, I've yeah. always been intrigued to play somebody real, you know, to play a, an existing human being. Um, I would love to do some period, more period drama. Um, I think that's always great. Sort of, immersing yourself in a different genre and different world completely um comedy sure. I, there's so much but but really you know yeah getting some of of my own stuff out there i think is um is what i'm really working on at the moment yeah sure i just realized that i didn't ask you a question that i ask everybody at the at the beginning of the podcast um and i probably didn't ask it because you 
started at such a young age, but at the tender age of whatever you were when you were leaving notes on your parents' beds and you decided that you wanted to become an actor, what was your idea at that point in your life of making it? Like what was the big, hairy, audacious goal of like, if I, once I do this, then I'm an actor and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm making it and I'm successful. At that time, when you go for auditions and when you go on jobs, you have to have a chaperone. Um, which I, I would tell my friends was more a bodyguard. <laughs> so having a bodyguard on set, <laughs> my chaperone was very exciting to me at that age. Um, uh, musical theatre was one for me. So that is a childhood dream and one that I don't think I'll ever see out, unfortunately, because I can't sing. Um, but yeah, <laughs> my idea of making it would have been being Sandy in Greece. Or, okay. um, you know, right. I, was, I was, and I, I still am, I still, I love, you know, Rent was a game changer in musical theatre for me and it's just got better and better. And um, I'm not ashamed to say I love a bit of musical theatre just because it reminds me, I remember seeing Greece for the first time at the Dominion. We drove all the way out with my best friend from Wales and it was like, wow, this is, that's where I want to be. That is and lots of people say, oh, it's because they want to escape their own reality or whatever. I, I was so happy, really, as a kid, but I just knew that the town that I was in didn't have enough for me. That, However, how I knew that or what was going on in my little head at that age, I honestly have no idea. But um, it made me feel alive. Everything suddenly was in colour. So I think, yeah, wow. you know, yeah, being being on the stage in musical theatre was, was probably my idea of making it when I was 10. Or Joseph, Joseph, being and do you Joseph. I love Joseph. And do you, uh, I imagine, because for most people it does once they have been, there's only been one or two people that I've spoken to whose um, idea of making it has, hasn't changed since they decided to become an actor. Oh, really? Um, what's your, yeah. Um, but that, but I think that's also in, good. Like the two people that I spoke to, one has been super successful, he has been successful. He's been in like um, Wolverine yeah. origins films. Um, he's just filmed. He's just been a lead in, in a film, um, and his goals of making it are still the same. He's like, I am going to write and direct my and star in my own feature film. I mean, that's and that was what his idea of making yeah. it was. Amazing. Um, so it's not changed. So, what's your kind of take now on after having been in the industry for what 25 years um yeah god uh, i think now um god i i don't it's difficult because i feel successful like eastenders was so huge <laughs> for me it was so huge my dad like you know my aunties and uncles have said but what is she gonna do and i was a massive eastenders fan when i was little you know and suddenly i'm in that show that was like huge um and now i think i think like your friend that wants to write write and direct i think working collaboratively maybe not being a writer and director but definitely my interest is working collaboratively to bring my ideas to life and getting those made. I think that would be really interesting. And and, and also being lucky enough to have the opportunity to play, di di you know, different parts, different roles, different characters. Yeah. 
But the little girl inside me, if I was on the front of that stage singing, hopelessly devoted, <laughs> that would be the one. <laughs> why, why can't you? Why can't you? Surely, I mean, there are... Oh, do you know what? I smoke... I know. I smoke too many cigarettes at college and I never thought... I, I don't know why no one ever believed in me as a singer, but I kind of... I got into these tenders and, and, and I was full on working. And so all of those other dreams and passions kind of did fall by the by a little bit, if I'm honest, because you're yeah. just so busy. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think um, I am I am by no means a therapist and that's not what I'm trying to do. But do you but do you think the kind of insecurity around theatre school could have kind of come from the fact that in your mind you wanted to your idea of making it was being on stage in musical theater and you didn't go to theater school yeah maybe. so therefore you're not maybe but i did audition kind of I aud yeah i i auditioned for the musical theater course and i didn't get onto that okay at arts educational yeah uh, you know i did the ballet audition and i got pulled to the front and the teacher was like holding my hand as a dumpy little thing like plonking her foot down so to dance really and so they said look we love her but we think maybe she's better fit for the drama a level course for now and then so i think at that point i might have gone okay musical theater's not for me and actually you have to follow what you're good at but i knew that you know acting it was was a, a deep passion of mine and i i felt like i could bring a script to life and and so that's what i kind of followed yeah. Well, you've obviously never done all right funny. for yourself in the old... Pardon? Never say never. No, no, I, I never, never. I never, <laughs> ever say never. Um, well, that's, am that's amazing. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll ask one, one more question. Given okay. your, um, your I Am Pro is obviously to help people that, that perhaps don't have the access and, and early in their career actors. Yeah. If you could give one piece of advice to those actors that are just kind of starting out mm -hmm. and kind of beginning their journey, what would it be? Um, it would be show up. Show up and take action. Um, because so many people talk the talk about wanting it to happen and expecting it to without doing the work go to the theatre, yeah. read the plays, go to the classes, listen to people around you, be unafraid and take action. Don't just sit on your ass and think that it's all going to come to you. Make shit happen. That's what I'd say. Apologies for the profanity. But it does come to us. You know, we've been, we can become famous immediately with TikTok and Instagram. You want to be famous or do you want to be a good actor? There's two different, that's two different <laughs> conversations, Danny. <laughs> very, very true. Very true. Charlie, thank you so much for having a thank chat with you. me today. I'm no so worries. grateful. It has been lovely. Um, I will... Share everything in the chat for people to get onto I Am Pro. But again, thank you so much. Thank and you I look me. forward I look, to, I, look, I don't know, when I, get to, when I get to London. Yeah. Sorry? I said I look forward to seeing you in London. Well, yes. Well, when I get there, I'll have to meet you and have a coffee or something. 100%. Totally up for it. Awesome. Have a good day. You too. Lots of love. Bye.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode with Charlie. If you want to check out her online drama school, I Am Pro, head to www.iampro, that's I, A for Apple, M for Michael, P for Peter, R for Romeo, O for Oscar, dot com. Next week's guest is British actress, TV host, radio presenter, panto performing, dance loving hustler, Ionica Adriana. Ionica was told she would never get into drama school, and she used that to fuel her passion. Now a successful multi-hyphenate, her naysayers are asking her for invitations to the red carpet. Tune in next week to my chat with Ionica Adriana. Until then, good luck on your journey to making it.